So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. This is Adriana Linares. Today I'm in the Sunshine State. I'm happy to be based in Orlando uh, today. Normally, as you might know if you listen to the show regularly, I travel around a lot. So I'm very happy to not only be in Florida, but also be welcoming today's guest to Florida because I understand he just... Um, maybe made a part-time or a permanent move to Florida. We're not sure. We're going to ask him. But before we introduce today's topic, we want to thank our sponsor, Solo Practice University. Make sure to go to solopracticeuniversity.com. Check out the wonderful and amazing courses that they have for solos. And even if you're not a solo, maybe you're just a lawyer looking to expand your knowledge, learn some new different things. Check out Solo Practice University. It's one of my favorite websites for legal-specific learning. On our last episode, we discussed setting legal fees in your law practice with Ted Wagner. On today's episode, we're going to talk about strategic partnerships and referral networks with Lee Rosen. Mr. Rosen has practiced family law for more than 20 years with four offices in Raleigh, Charlotte, Durham, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can check out his uh, website and learn more about Rosen Law Firm at rosen.com. He served as the law practice management editor of the ABA Family Advocate for more than a decade. That's quite a run. And he received the ABA James Keene Award for Excellence in E-Lawyering. He also served as chair of the law practice management section of the North Carolina Bar Association. He's a frequent speaker, often sought out by media as a source of family law insight and commentary. He's also the publisher of Divorce Discourse, a well-known blog. Welcome, Lee. Thank you for having me. You did not mention in my introduction that I'm really good at pole dancing. So uh, you oh. know, I felt like that. Yeah, that's not something every lawyer can say. And It's not. You know. And I think we're going to definitely link to the video on that. Oh, we should. YouTube. It's all <laughs> over the YouTube. Yeah, we should spend some time there. So you mentioned that you had recently done a little reload of South Florida. Is this a permanent or are you doing a little snowbird thing? Creating a home base in Florida and then planning to do the digital nomad thing going forward after about a year or so of being in Florida and just travel the world. Uh, we've set up our practice so that all of our our entire team, 12 lawyers and all of our staff people work remotely and people have taken advantage of that and we've got literally people all over the globe. Oh, man, that is awesome. Well, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I call myself a Floridian because I love Florida, and I really hope you enjoy it down there, and I just think this is such a cool place to call home base, so welcome. Well, it is a, uh, a cold day in most of the U.S. today, and I have been walking, and it is hot, so I am thrilled to be here. That's wonderful. Tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, Divorce Discourse, because it sounds like it would be about divorce, but you actually cover a lot of really interesting and helpful practice management tips. You know, I call it divorce discourse because I want to remind people all the time that I'm a divorce lawyer, that I practice family law. I don't want, I don't want them to forget that because that has become a very significant source of referrals for our practice. But it is really a, a, uh, a source of daily advice and information about marketing your practice, managing your practice, uh, dealing with the technology and the finance issues. And we just delve into the, you know, to what's happening in my practice as an example. And I, 
I try to teach people the lessons that I've learned by making a lot of mistakes. And it sounds like even though you may have made a lot of mistakes, you have certainly developed a very successful practice based on what you just told us a few minutes ago about being able to be agile and mobile and practice from all over the world. That's amazing. You also mentioned that the, the blog has become a great source of referrals for you, which is why I invited you onto the show today. So I wanted to ask you to get started. You know, tell us a little bit, you know, the show is geared toward new solos, whether they're new attorneys that are just coming out of law school or even for a solo attorney who has become one after having been with a a, a larger law firm or in some other position. So my first question for you, just to start off our conversation is, do do you consider a difference between forming strategic partnerships and just setting up somehow a basic referral network? No, I think that fundamentally they're one and the same. I think people use the um, the terms to describe the same thing, but in, in slightly different contexts. When they talk about strategic partnerships, I think the relationship is really overt. Uh, when they talk about referral sources or referral networks, it's less, um, it's less in your face what we're doing. I don't like any of those terms. What I like to think of is that I have friends that I refer to, and I have friends who refer to me. And we have a, tr- a relationship built on trust over time where uh, we, we provide value to one another. We don't think of it as value, but the fact is that we are doing something helpful t- for one another, in, in, often in lots of different ways. And so you know, what's comfortable to me and what I think is comfortable to a lot of us is, is simply building relationships with other people who have the opportunity to refer to us. And then how do you target or find those specific types of people? Well, you know, um, it's a really interesting question, and I want to go backwards just for a second and and talk about uh, how important it is to build these networks. And this is the example that I like to give. If you have 20 friends that we'll, we'll call referral sources for our purposes today, and if those 20 friends will refer six clients to you each year, And if five of those folks will hire you, because more often than not, people that were were referred by a friend, will they're more likely to hire. They they sort of defy the normal conversion rates. They are very, very likely to hire. And if each of those clients, those five clients, pays a fee on average of $10,000, and obviously that varies dramatically by practice area, all of these numbers do, but that's 20 times the five clients who hire you times the 10 clients, that's a million-dollar practice. That's and, amazing. Yeah. You know, so what you've got to do is you've got to build connections with 20 people. That's all you have to do is build connections with 20 people and then keep those connections year after year for the entirety of your career, which is not that hard to be friends with people. Um, you've got a, a thriving practice. And if you want to do 30 people, 50 people, 60 people, or you want to hire associates and partners that do the same thing, those are the successful practices. That's all there is to it. There's no magic here. And, and so it is critically important to think about all of this in that context. So you asked, you know, how do you pick the people? Well, what you really want are people that you like because you, you're going to spend time getting to be friends and getting to know these people. And they need to be able to refer six of these people to you each year, one every other month throughout the year. And those are the people you're targeting, and that's all you need is 20 of those those folks in your community. Well, that's pretty – well, that doesn't sound that hard. So let's say I'm a lawyer. Do I have inside my network then my 20, my special 20? 
Am I picking other lawyers, doctors, real estate agents, bankers? Am I diversifying my 20? How, how, how do I go about that idea? You know, it really depends on your practice area. So I practice family law. Well, well everybody needs one of those. Well, and, but lawyers are a great referral source for us. Uh, mental health professionals are clergy members. Um, oh, accountants are not bad. Gynecologists are pretty good. Hairdressers are pretty good. Um, but, but I will tell you, in my practice area, lawyers are the highest, uh, best use of our time in terms of building relationships. Because people call a lawyer when they have a legal problem and they say, I know you're a real estate lawyer. I need a lawyer that does X. Who should I go to? And so 20 lawyers is, is, in most networks, probably the very, the very best use of your time. Well, that's great. Well, I know I get asked for, I'm not a lawyer, but of course I'm surrounded by them and everybody knows it. And I'm constantly getting asked for lawyers to help with this type of situation or that. And I'm always happy to refer them. And in reverse, you know, you said as a lawyer, you're going to find people that you like and will refer you business. Well, I only refer business to the attorneys that I like. So I guess that's kind of a two-way street. You got it. it. It really is. And, and, um, and you know, I, 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 you don't want to have a friendship with somebody you don't like. I mean, it's just sure. not going to work, you know. So you've, you've got to find 20 people that you like. And, and in the grand scheme of things, that's not that hard to do. Well, unless you're one of those people who has a likability factor of zero, then you ain't getting nowhere. Well, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a very interesting point because a, a lot of lawyers, uh, and I'm demonstrating this by talking the whole time, a lot of lawyers, uh, one of the reasons some people aren't as likable as they, as they might otherwise be is that we do tend to talk about ourselves and our ideas a lot. And if we can simply turn that upside down and use our, our interviewing and question asking skills to let that other person talk the whole time, suddenly the lawyer who was not terribly likable becomes the new BFF to whoever you're having lunch with. People really like to talk about themselves. Um, I'm demonstrating that by talking incessantly today. <laughs> and, um, well, it's why you're here. So in your defense, yeah, you, but, you but should it really, be doing it that. Works. It works. So, it, so to make yourself more likable, um, ask more questions and listen more. That, that is, really impacts that likability. It's true. I'm, nobody knows that better than I do, that you know, people do like to talk about themselves, especially lawyers. I work with them a lot. And it helps if what they're talking about, if they're going to be talking about themselves, is useful in making me understand how they can help me. So I think that's a great tip. So let's say I've identified my 20 referrals or more, but you know, sort of my inner circle, the magic circle of 20 or so, and several of those should be lawyers because as you have proven time and time again, those often tend to be some of your best referrals. I like all the other ideas you mentioned. Hairdressers, of course. Bartenders are probably not bad to have on the list. Um, your clergymen, and then anyone else who, basically anyone who talks to other people is going to be useful as a referral. So do I pay them some sort of referral fee? How do I thank them for what they've done? And is there a difference to that answer when the referrer is or isn't a lawyer? Well, you know, first of all, these referral fee questions vary by jurisdiction. The state I'm in, in North Carolina, where I practice, uh, we don't have that. It just doesn't, it's not a common custom and the rules don't facilitate it. Um, and 
and so, you know, it is, it's done in some jurisdictions. And where it's done, I think if you have to do it, you have to do it. And I've talked to lawyers who will say to me, well, I don't refer to this person because they don't pay the referral fee. Mm. Um, I will tell you, and it's probably rooted in the fact that I've been a lawyer for so long in a state where we don't really do this. Um, it, none of it feels right to me. I mean, I, my friends would not expect me to pay them a referral fee. And I don't think that would that would change if we were in a different state with different rules. And so, you know, I think you've got to do what is customary in your jurisdiction. And, and as you get to know these folks and have a connection with them, you just talk to them about it. I mean, you talk to your friends about issues. This would be just another issue. And and so, you know, I, I don't have a uh, an absolute black or white answer on this question, but it's not something I've ever done. And I would almost feel awkward Mm-hmm. If a friend of mine offered to pay me for the fact that I sent them another friend as a referral, I mean, it's like I was sending them this person because I care about the person I'm referring, and I think my friend is the right person for them, and money would make that very uncomfortable to me. I mean, really, they should just send you a case of wine, Lee. I mean, is that just not the nicest thank you that you could get? Well, it is. It is interesting, <laughs> and, you know. No, but you say that, and 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 I think gifts are really important. Sure. And um and and that's a you may you raise a really interesting question because you don't want to send a gift to someone unless it's the right gift at the right time. And I am. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about that. My my son has a girlfriend who visited the U.S. for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and she fell in love with Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and they don't. Ha- she lives in Thailand. They don't have Dr. Pepper in Thailand, and so she came over, and I had gone. I had been at a CVS drugstore and bought her one of the little twenty-ounce bottles of Dr. Pepper. And when she came in, I gave her the Dr. Pepper. Now this is a gift that cost me what a dollar seventy-nine or something. Right. Her eyes lit up when I handed her the Dr. Pepper, and you could tell that it. W- she was just thrilled, and I don't know that she thought it in quite this way, but what happened there was that she knew I had been listening and had been thinking about her and cared about her. And I accomplished all of that with a $1.79 gift. And I think that Dr. Pepper is so much more powerful than a referral fee in terms of building and maintaining that relationship. Well, and I think they're kind of the types of things you would do for your friend, like you said, anyway, if you were thinking about them. And I'm a, I'm a big gift giver, And as much as I love receiving gifts, you know, but for me, it's definitely one of the ways that I let my friends, my my work friends, even clients that I consider friends know that I'm thinking about them all the time. So I don't disagree with you that that's an okay way to say thank you, but it's really just sort of in line with being a good friend and and being a referrer or referral in in a very natural and not uncomfortable way. So I think that's... I can get behind that. Yep, you're right on track. Well, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360-degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today.
Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares, and with me today is Lee Rosen. Lee Rosen is a well-known family law attorney based out of North Carolina, perhaps now based out of everywhere. As he told us earlier, his firm is very interesting in that they are very mobile, very agile, and worldwide they're able to um, perform their legal services, which is probably one of the reasons you won the ABA James Keene Award for Excellence in e-lawyering. So congratulations on that, by the way. I've been on the task force now this year. I'm on the e-lawyering task force and um, have been, of course, active in the section for a long time, but really applaud you for that sort of work. And I imagine that based on the topic that we have on the table today, being able to get referrals from everywhere and anywhere has been helpful in taking your practice to that level. So my next question for you is going to be, again, I'm, I'm a new new attorney, new solo, maybe not necessarily a new attorney. Do I focus on a local network or do I go sort of boundless where there are no boundaries? And how do I decide which way to go as far as building my strategic partnerships and my referral networks? It's so dependent on your practice area. You know, if you practice family law, then your referral network will largely be local. That doesn't mean you're not going to get referrals by joining the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers or the International Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers and getting active with that group and building relationships with those people. But most of your referrals are going to come from from local folks. If you are, um, if you're in a, if you're in a very specialized area of intellectual property, and you have a limited number of clients that are scattered all over the world as your prospects, well, then your network is going to look very different in that practice area. And you're going to have to work uh, to get to know people that are in other uh, countries, states, et cetera. And so it's so incredibly dependent on what you do. Uh, One of the lawyers that I refer to does a lot of uh, international child abduction cases. This mm. lawyer gets referrals from all over the world because there aren't that many people that specialize in that, you know. And so it really is practice area dependent. But for the majority of folks, it's going to be local. It's going to involve picking uh, people up in your car and taking them to lunch. And what about how do you feel about social media as a way of? getting referrals or becoming well-known, especially, I'm going to ask you generally, but, you know, focus for me, if you will, on how you feel about LinkedIn, since that seems to be where a lot of lawyers who might not do a lot of social media otherwise tend to hover. You go back to this idea of 20 referral sources. You want to keep up with those folks in every way you can, whether it's on LinkedIn or on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, Wherever they live, you want to live because Mm. you want to be connected to them. And so you want to be liking their pictures on Instagram, hearting them, whatever we call it, liking their pictures Mm -hmm. on Facebook, uh, commenting when they ask a question, whether it's on LinkedIn, LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever, these are your friends. These are people that you're going to know this month and three months from now and six months from now and a year from now and 10 years and 20 and 30 years from now. So these people will refer to you forever. You want to be in a position to know if they have a child that's born or a child that graduates from high school or college or, uh, you know, whatever. If a, a parent dies, you want to be in the loop because you're going to need to respond to that in some way because these are your friends. 
So my next question was going to be, and I think I'm going to sort of self-answer it, and then you correct me if I guessed wrong, but then ask you a new question. My next question was going to be, so should I set goals for myself? You know, attend so many events, send so many emails, link up with so many people, um, send so many letters a week. But I think you're going to tell me to really just keep focusing on this core 20 group of people and not go crazy trying to grow this big giant network. Am I right? Yeah, because I really like this idea. If if you grow the big giant network, you're not going to really have any depth with people. And I can't think, I'd rather poke my finger in my eye than go to a networking event. I mean, it's just, (laughs) you know, those things are horrible. And and what you want to do is have people that, you know, these are people that you're going to attend their funeral or they're going to attend yours. I guess you can't do both. Right. you know, you you want to build real relationships. And not only does it generate business, it makes you a happier person. It gives you a better life. Everything about this is a win. So, yeah, I would focus on that core group of people you need to refer to you. And I think this is really might be for a lot of new attorneys a totally different way of thinking about this because everything you read out there is always network, 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 connect, 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 tell people you're a lawyer, get business cards and give business cards. This seems like a much more palatable, manageable way of saying, look, I'm going to, you know, I might have 250 close friends, but if you really hone in on those 20 and, and say, look, I really, you know, consider you a a super special friend and I trust you to send me anyone who might be able to use my resources and my legal skills and I'm going to do the same for you. Or maybe you don't even have to say that. I mean, just by being a good lawyer, a good friend that has integrity, that business is going to come to you from that, that small network. You are way ahead of me. That is exactly right. You don't. You're you're exchanging value, but it's not about you give me a referral, I give you a referral, or you give me a referral, I give you a fee. It's about trusting one another, being connected, and helping one another grow our businesses over time in whatever way we can. And and you know, my referral sources. I've done things like uh, help them to meet a congressman that could get their child uh, recommended for a military. Right. Academy, or you know, introduce them to my dentist because they weren't happy with theirs. I mean, there's so many ways you add value to the lives of your friends. That's such a refreshing and great approach to this whole thing. I think I'm going to change my whole system. There you go. And uh, I really like it. So let me ask you this: Um, If you had three takeaways that you wished everyone who listened to this podcast would take away. What were the main three, and especially, you know, ones that you, like you said, you sort of learned through the school of hard knocks after years of experience? What are the three most important things when it comes to building this referral system? First of all, you have got to be interested in other people. None of this works if you're not legitimately interested in learning about and connecting with other human beings, okay? And that that's just critical. It's about them. It's not about you. It's about doing things to be helpful to them and valuable to, for them, not about you. And so, so that's number one. Number two is that these 20 people you need to be deliberate, and, and maybe it feels calculating, but figure out who the right 20 people are. In my world, a real estate lawyer is worth a lot more to me than, uh, 
than a criminal defense lawyer. And they, mm-hmm. I, I know from experience they generate more referrals. And so be careful about building the 20. You don't have unlimited time to do this. You need to pick the right people and refine that network. And then finally, you need to do it. Thinking about networking, thinking about building these connections doesn't do anything for you. You've got to get on the phone right now and make a phone call to set up a lunch. And it may well, it likely will be to someone you have never met before. And that feels uh, awkward and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but, you, but you've got to do it. You've got to take action. The first time you make a phone call, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be successful. It's going to work. And I that agree. makes each call easier going down the road. But you've got to take action. I agree with you. I find that people more and more, um, and I know it's because of the internet and social media, they're much more open to just meeting new people. But I mean, and I'm not talking about in the dating world, of course. That's a whole different conversation there. But just here in our professional worlds, it's amazing how much looser and easier it's become to just email somebody out of the blue or just shoot them a direct message over Twitter, even a public message sometimes by way of Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn. It's amazing how people have opened up and it just made it so much easier for even the most shy professional to be able to say, you know, I'd really like to take you to lunch and talk to you about this or that. And you shouldn't be afraid that you're going to get shot down. People are just, it's a different world. It works. That's right. It works. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program, and I really want to say thank you so much, Lee, for coming on. You have built an amazing – when I look at what you've done on the Internet through Divorce Discourse and the courses and the, and, the, and the training that you do and the professional development that you help other lawyers with, you've built quite an empire aside from what you have done with your law practice, which is really amazing. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure being with you. Tell our listeners how they can stalk you on the Internet. Well, the best way is to find me at divorcediscourse.com. Uh, that is the really the center of my universe with respect to these topics. And to visit rosen.com. It's a great example of what a practice uh, website can look like. It, it gets uh, literally three, four, five thousand visitors a day coming to that site. And then I'm in all the usual places, Twitter and Facebook, with Lee Rosen as the handle. And I'd love to ask you to come back one of these days and talk to us a little bit more about how you built that um, virtual law firm and, and how you're delivering legal services to your clients in such a successful way. Would you be willing to come back on another I'm show? I'm always happy to come talk to you. I just have to take a little time away from the poll. That's right. And I was thinking, you never know, we might find you sunning on the beach in your Brazilian bikini in South Beach one be. of these Very days. Well. Absolutely. <laughs> you just come on down and you can check it out. For all you listeners who'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit New Solo at Legal Talk Network. And don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, RSS, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you can find Lee Rosen you can find the Legal Talk Network. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.